Working remotely, where you are shouldn't dictate what you do. Work from the road by turning your vehicle into a reliable high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On the network that covers more roads than any other carrier, take your work on the road and AT&T will be there to keep you connected. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls, finish up that presentation, or answer last-minute emails. Why wait? Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi today for free trial eligibility. Based on independent third-party data, number of devices varies by manufacturer. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as always, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> nice. That was a particularly good one for our topic today. Yes, we're talking about iCloud, which is uh, a new service, a new as the recording of this podcast anyway, service from uh, Apple. And it's fact, in fact so new that it's just in beta right now. Which were like, hey, Apple, who do you think you are? Google? <laughs> Sometimes. Um, yeah, well, not not all of it's in beta. Some of it is still slated to come out. We had a lot of requests from people after um, Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference keynote. Which was in early June. Which was in early June. 2011. They announced, basically, they, they gave updates on three major things, uh, two of which were... One of which was no secret at all. That was the uh, the new Apple OS Ten Lion. That's yeah. the next version, which had been announced quite system. some time ago. Um, then people were really expecting to uh, hear about the new 
iOS. That's yeah. the operating system for iPod Touch, iPhone, and iPad. Yeah, so it would be iOS 5. Yeah, yeah. People were, were pretty sure that they were going to hear, and they did. Well, of course, it's a developer's conference, so you would expect them to talk about the software available for... Right, the platforms. The platforms. Yeah. But the third, and the one that we're going to talk about today, is is iCloud, and that's... um Again, something that people really expected. In yeah. fact, uh, people actually identified the logo before it yeah. <laughs> before it got announced. People called it the most poorly kept secret uh, for this particular conference. Which, I mean, everyone was pretty sure that Apple was going to come out with some sort of cloud-based service because of uh, movements from Amazon and Google and the fact that Apple had purchased some other companies that were related to cloud services. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything pointed toward that. The, the giant the, data center they were building in North Carolina. Right. But the de- details behind the s- service were uh, still pretty fuzzy. And then actually, to tell you the truth, even uh, almost a month later, the details are still a little scarce. Uh, you know, there's there's some stuff we know, and then there's some stuff we suspect, and there's some stuff that just hasn't been answered yet. Yeah, and um, it's it's funny because with the building of this data center, which has been going on for what probably a couple of years now. Yeah, I mean, people knew that Apple was building a very very large building in North Carolina. Um, when you see other companies doing this, people like Google and Facebook, you realize that there's uh, there are probably going to be quite a few employees in there. There's probably going to be a whole lot of hardware in there. Yeah. Um, especially if they're looking for giant sources of power, like Google, you know, building along the Columbia River. Right. For hydroelectricity, you know, there's there's going to be so you can, you can take some inferences from yeah. from yeah. the way they're behaving. Um, and a lot of the speculation revolved around the possibility that there would be a cloud-based iTunes service, and or. Uh, a streaming video service to rival, you know, someone like, uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime, um, you know, something where, where, uh, or Apple Hulu. would, or Hulu, they would, you know, you would subscribe to, or I guess in this case, Hulu, Hulu Plus, Plus, where you would, uh, pay a subscription fee and you'd get your music and your, uh, your video on download. That's, and I think that's why people have been sort of, nonplussed about what yeah. actually came out. But or a little I, perplexed. Or a little perplexed. And um, uh, and I think there are some of that is sort of in there. And I don't know that you can rule out those things showing up in the service later. Yeah, it's but just that's that the not wording what, has been very careful to avoid that kind of stuff recently. Yeah. Yeah. And what, what rolled out is actually, I think, compared to some of the other services that we've been talking about recently, sort of compelling. Yeah, no, there there are definitely some advantages and some disadvantages of uh, iCloud if you compare it to similar services. So let's kind of talk about what iCloud is and what it is not. Okay. Uh, I'll start off with what it is not in the sense that uh, as far as we know right now, it is not going to be any sort of streaming service. So in other words, you will not be streaming content from a cloud storage system to a device in order to enjoy it uh, on the fly. Um, so unlike some of the other services like the Amazon Music Player service where you can store music in an Amazon account and then access a streaming file version of that song and listen to it, uh, you will not necessarily be able to do that on iCloud, at least as, uh, according to the way they've worded things so far and the way the system works right now. Well, that's that's sort of... Pardon the pun. Seriously. Hazy. Yes. Um, there is one feature that sort of suggests that there is 
something like that. Um, should we should we get into the features? Yeah, let's do that. that. Maybe we can we can touch on that when we get closer. Um, yeah, the iCloud website is actually a great place to look for information if you want to learn more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's where I what I use for my primary source. Um, basically, what they want to try to do over overall is to give you the ability to sync your information. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll just use it in a general sense here. Different kinds of files to multiple devices, your iOS devices and your computers, and not just Macs, but PCs as well. Hey, how about Linux? Well, no, sorry, no, at least that, not yet. Yes, that that would be Ubuntu one. Yeah. Um, and I have a count there too, actually. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, so for one thing, and well, where where should we start? Should we start with the music thing? Let's, let's start with storage. Okay, we're just okay, so so basically, your iCloud account would be a storage account where you could store. Uh, now, primarily in the beta version, you're storing things like apps, books, and music. Right, and uh, you get uh, by signing up, you get five gigabytes of storage for free. Now, here's the here are two things that make this really compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will go through your uh, iTunes library mm-hmm. and will match uh, in, in, any song that you purchase through iTunes. It, since you since you're registering it through your iTunes account, uh, any song that you purchase through iTunes automatically becomes part of your iCloud uh, storage. Uh, locker, we'll call it, sure. uh, but does not count against your five gigabytes of storage. So if you've purchased, you know, 5,000 songs through iTunes over the, the history of your iTunes account, all those songs are going to show up in your iCloud, uh, locker without you having to, uh, to have that count against your five gigabytes of storage. Uh-huh. And you can share that information with any other device that's hooked up through your iTunes account up to 10 devices. Uh huh. Which is another big move, right? You, five used to be the magic number <laughs> for things like that. And, yes. and you can do it wirelessly, which is the beautiful thing. So you could say, let's say that you have a uh, desktop computer at home and that's like your media computer. Mm-hmm. You have a, uh, we'll call it, we'll say it's a Mac because this happens to be me. I've got a Mac media computer at home and that has my uh, iTunes library on it. And then I sync my iPod to my iTunes library. So whenever I buy a new song, I have to sync my iPod in order to get it. Now, I've got an older iPod, but let's say that I get a newer iPod. And then let's say we I buy some music on my uh, my iPod Touch or my iPhone. Then I have to sync my device to my computer. I have to, you know, it's it's a whole lot of steps in order to make sure that your music collection is is equal across multiple devices. Yes, and it's a pain in the neck too to uh, to have to restore your music player, especially if it's got if you've got a large music collection. It even on a uh, a faster connection on a USB two, for example, um, which is you know I know not necessarily the fastest. There are other standards like USB three and Thunderbolt that are technically faster, but I mean reasonably fast by today's standards. Um, it's still going to take you a while to upload you know gigs of data these songs to your your iPod again. Right. So with iCloud using your iTunes library to start with in you know, the purchase history you have to start with uh it uh it means that you don't have to upload those songs. That that's a huge advantage over things like the Amazon and Google approaches where you do have to upload your files to that cloud storage in order to store them there. Right? So if I have 5000 songs on my computer and I want to use Google's uh approach, I have to actually upload those songs first to my Google account. Mm-hmm. So that's going to take 
a while because upload speeds tend to be slower than download speeds because, you know, people download more than they upload. So upstream is a slower data transfer rate. So if you're uh, uploading a lot of content, depending on your Internet connection, it can take a long, long time. So iTunes approach there saves you all that time, right? Uh, your purchase history becomes your library immediately in the iCloud. On top of that, if you have songs in your iTunes library that you did not purchase through iTunes, let's say that you had a collection of CDs that you ripped from uh, using iTunes and you've got them in your library, but you didn't purchase them through iTunes. Mm -hmm. Well, if iTunes has those albums and those songs in its library, that's got like 18 million songs in the iTunes library. So if those songs appear in the iTunes library, what will happen is the the service will identify those songs and match it to the song that's in the iTunes library. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, say you have, uh, I don't know, a Coldplay album in your thing. <laughs> I'm just picking Coldplay. It's a band that I don't particularly like. <laughs> I, you know, sorry. I just picked some. I was going to say U2. I don't know why. I, I don't anyway. like either of them, so it's all really? right. Really? Okay. Not a big um, U2 fan. Yeah. So, you know, let's say you have a, a record that's in your collection and you want to add it to your, you know, your cloud yeah. storage. Um, as soon as it recognizes that you have that in there, it says, oh, well, we've already got that. We'll, we'll just give you, you don't have to upload it. We'll right. put it in here for you. And the files that they're using are 256K iTunes Plus level files. Right. So, so it might even be that let's say that you when you rip the CD, you ripped it at a lower uh, a lower rate, then technically the higher rates what it essentially uh, equates to is a higher rate in general means better sound or more accurate to the original version sound. So the more compression you use, the smaller bit rate that you encode the file at basically means that you're leaving out more information in the music file. Yeah. So and it's not going to have as high fidelity. Depending upon your the the sensitivity of your hearing, you may or may not be able to detect that with certain songs. Uh, my hearing has been to the point where I really don't tend to notice unless it's a really, really, really bad transfer. What? So uh, Yeah. So uh, for me, it's not as big a deal. But it's a nice thing to know that, that iTunes is going to match your songs and probably match them to a quality that is superior to whatever it was you were you were using before. Yeah, and and this is where this is where I'm a little fuzzy because it 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 suggests that those files are in are stored in the cloud and therefore that's how you would access access them um rather than having it, you know, download back to your music player. I think it's Yeah, it, it's it's worded in a very vague way, but based upon what I've been reading, yeah. It sounds to me that you would then, uh, let's say again, we'll use the example of my, my desktop computer at home. Okay. And I've got my master music collection on there. And then I've got several iDevices. Um, it sounds to me that even the iTunes match part would just mean that if my brand new iPhone, I brought my brand new iPhone home and registered it and connected it to my iTunes account, it would then download all those songs. It wouldn't stream them. It would download them and store them locally on the, uh, the iPhone. Uh, so that's my interpretation based upon the wording. And again, like okay. we said, it's pretty vague. Uh, there, there, maybe it's vague because they plan to open up streaming later. It may be that streaming is still a sensitive topic with the music labels that iTunes has partnered with. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think they went with the download method is because 
you know, they, they actually had to partner with these music labels as opposed to Amazon's approach where they're like, you know, this is just another way of accessing content you already own. Yeah. Uh, iTunes wanted this to be, uh, a, a more of a widespread data management system. Yeah. Where you could have the, you could have access to the same data across multiple devices. So, uh, I think it's still download, upload and download. It's not streaming. That's, that's based upon my interpretation of what they've written. And, and I understand that. Um, the other piece being that, uh, we've talked about basically the free option here. Yeah. Um, because basically anyone with an account, um, an iTunes, uh, account should be able to get iCloud just as part of the service. Um, but you can, they're offering an option for $24.99 a year where you can hold your entire collection. As, and so right. that would be, you know, for a lot of people, that's going to be more than an iPod will hold. Well, depending on the size of your iPod and your music collection, but you know, uh, people with very large music collections, uh, may have gigabytes or even terabytes worth of music. And, you know, there's not an iPod yet that will hold a terabyte. Um, now granted, give it a week. If all of your, if all of your music and all of your books and all of your apps were purchased through the iTunes store, then the five gigabytes is all you need anyway, because it doesn't count against the five gigabytes. Right. It's when you start talking about music that is outside of, uh, of the iTunes library when you start having problems. So let's say that, uh, you've, you've ripped a CD from a local band. That doesn't, okay. that's not on iTunes and you want that music available. Well, then you're going to have to have, you're going to actually have to pay that, that yearly fee to have the option to upload those files to your, uh, actually, mm-hmm. I guess not because you've got the five gigabytes, but those, those songs will count against the five gigabytes of storage. Maybe they're a particularly prolific yeah. band with many, many records. Um, yeah, the iTunes. The iTunes match service is kind of interesting. That that actually has the uh a limit on it. Mm-hmm. It has a twenty five thousand song limit. Huh. So if you've got you know if you've got a whole bunch of CDs yeah. that you've ripped, and then and you may have to start making some choices once you're like, oh well, this is twenty four thousand eight hundred seventy five. Which one's going to be twenty four thousand eight hundred seventy six? <laughs> well, I should make a meatloaf song so that way I get more quantity. So, yes. Again, we were we were talking earlier about the um I'm sorry. You, you always throw me off with meatloaf. I'm so uh, well, I'm kind of hungry myself. <laughs> um yeah. The thing is it's not just going to be about uh video and audio. I mean, there's really not a video option here yet. Yet. Um but there are other other compelling bits to this service. Sorry for the again, bits pun. Mm-hmm. Um for example, PhotoStream uh, PhotoStream uh, behaves a little similarly to the uh, to the music uh, portion of the service. If you have a an iPhone or an iPod Touch or an iPad with a camera, um, and you take a photo while you're out with it, it should uh, use iCloud automatically to sync it. Let's say you have one of all of the above plus a a computer um, where you have an iTunes account. It should download everything over to uh, the different machines. So You've been on a trip and you took your, uh, your phone with you and you've taken pictures. It will sync to your home computer so that you can show them off there without you having to upload them. Likewise, if you take pictures with a, a, di- uh, a standalone digital camera and you upload them, say, through iPhoto on a Mac, 
you would be able to share those to your phone and your iPod Touch and your iPad, assuming you have all those devices, mm-hmm. um, without having to take an extra step to do that. It does that automatically. Now, it only will save your last uh, – it, it keeps a, uh, what they call a rolling collection of your last 1,000 photos. So you get into 1,015, 1,016, the first 15 and 16 photos – Chronologically, will start to drop off. Right, they won't go any. They won't go anywhere, but they won't be in your iCloud anymore. Right, right. Well, the um, and I, I thought I would go ahead and mention this because I'm sure we're going to get email uh, or Facebook comments or Twitter comments. Okay. So they, the twenty four ninety nine a year. That's what gives you the access to uh, iTunes Match. Oh. So so without even though as far as I can tell, the the music that would be matched uh, through iTunes, I I don't think that would be counted against your. Five gigabytes, but I'm not entirely sure. I know that any music you've purchased through iTunes will not count against the five gigabytes of storage. Uh-huh. The music that's been matched through iTunes, that might actually count against your five gigabytes. So this is the music that you own that is also on iTunes, but you did not purchase it through iTunes. I see. Um, so I know you. there is the yearly fee, which is $24.99. Yeah. Uh, and I, th- based upon this, I'm guessing that does count against your your storage space, which might be why they said the 25,000 song limit. Um, I'm not entirely certain of that. Like I said, a lot of this is vague right now, and 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 I have I just got back from a vacation, and I haven't had a chance to to play with this yet. Um, but yeah, it's uh the it is interesting. They do a a um comparison of. Apple's iCloud service against Amazon service and Google service on uh, Apple, so you can guess how it shapes up. But um, they talk about how uh, the methods, like uh, the the fact that you do not need to scan your music collection to start off in iCloud. Anything that uh, you've purchased through iTunes will automatically be put up there, so you don't have to upload it. And then, of course, the iTunes match, if you go with that method, uh, again, you don't need to upload that music. It just has to be matched to iTunes library, and then that will be put into your iCloud as well. Whereas with Amazon and Google, you both have to uh, upload those files to that system in order to use those. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that there is uh, a specific app for, for the desktop computers and laptops, which is called iTunes. You may have heard of it, that you use to I access the see. iCloud, whereas Amazon and Google you access through a web browser. Right. Uh, the um, that talks about that you know it has the upgrade option to the 256k uh, uh, rate for the the songs, um, and that the price to have access to 5,000 or 20,000 songs is the same. It's 24.99 a year. Mm-hmm. You can have up to 20,000 songs that way. But if you want to do that with Amazon, uh, the price for 5,000 songs would be $50 a year, and for 20,000 songs would be $200 a year, and then for Google. It's question mark, question mark, question mark, because it hasn't been mentioned yet. So they're still hashing that out. And we should also mention that, you know, we've talked a lot about music because obviously the the tie in with iTunes means that that's uh, where a lot of the focus is going. Uh, And we've also talked about, you know, any books you've purchased through iTunes or any apps you purchased through iTunes will live in the iCloud as well. Uh, But. You can also have other kinds of files and documents stored in your iCloud. Yeah, yeah. Before before we get away from that, I wanted to point out that um, iTunes Match is scheduled to hit this fall. Yeah, uh, I believe that's supposed to be concurrent with the iOS five, 5 release. release. Um, but you can get your your new and past purchases synced now via beta. 
And I had, I'd forgotten to mention that. So if you've, um, if you've bought music on, on your home computer and you want to get it on, uh, say you forgot to sync your, the music over, you should be able to see it in iTunes on an iPhone or an iPad, for example, sitting in front of me where my notes are. Um, and I should be able to, uh, if I wanted to turn off my notes and go look, I should theoretically be able to see that past stuff and download it if I want to yeah. to that device, and which can, is, again, in beta already now. But Yeah, and you can set the download feature to automatic if you wanted to, which means that every time you purchased uh, a song through iTunes or an app or a book through iTunes, anytime you purchased one, uh, it would automatically download to all devices that were set to automatic. I don't think I would want to do that. You can also do it manually. So because I have I use my devices separately for separate reasons. And a lot of people do, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. some people might have a specific uh iOS device that they use when they're working out mm-hmm. and they have a workout song list and they don't want their Broadway musical list to be mixed up with their workout song list because, you know, uh put on a happy face is not the song they want to hear while they're on the elliptical. So uh, yeah, there, there are reasons why you might want to have some of your devices set to manual, especially let's say that you have an enormous music collection and you mm-hmm. don't want your smartphone to be completely bogged down with music, um, when you have other stuff you want to put on there. Right. Or you don't want the same apps to go to all of your iDevices across the entire spectrum. There are reasons why you might want to set it to manual instead of automatic. Uh, yeah. And then there are other people who just want to have the same experience across all their platforms. So they want everything to be accessed everywhere. But then moving back to the uh, the other kind of files that you can store, in a way, iCloud is uh, replacing MobileMe. Yes. And so ultimately, once it's in full version, uh, once it debuts, and I'm assuming it's going to do that around the time of iOS 5 as well. I believe so. Uh, then you'll be able to access things like uh, calendar and, and documents, things like that, across your various devices, and it's all automatically um, synchronized. Mm-hmm. So just like if you have, uh, if you're in the in the Google environment, the Google ecosystem, and you're using Google Calendar, you know, if you're using that to access, if you're accessing that with like, say, a, a Android smartphone and then you switch over and you access it through your desktop, it's already synchronized properly that way. Same kind of thing, except this is with Apple's approach as opposed to Google's approach. Mm-hmm. So there's more functionality there that's going to, uh, appear as the, uh, we get closer to the official launch. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it, I like the the approach Apple's done here. I like the fact that iCloud acts as an online backup system for your music. So let's say that your computer suffers a catastrophic failure uh, and you can't recover stuff off your hard drive. Well, then you still know that all of those purchases are still there. You know, it used to be back in the day that you could contact Apple and get uh, recover songs that you had lost through some you know other catastrophe. Right. But it wasn't necessarily easy to do. And now they've really streamlined that through iCloud. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, a a fairly large shift in that respect. And in another respect, it's Apple's business as usual in that this approach, again, really stresses that the system works great if you own a lot of Apple devices. Yeah, yeah. So, again, they're trying to, you know, it's not completely closed off. You can use it with the PC. But whether or not you're eventually going to be able to use this with other kinds of mobile devices, that's less likely. 
Yeah, it's um, you know we've 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 had this discussion, and uh, most of our listeners, I think, are up on where we are on the benefits and detriments of the open versus the closed system. This yeah. is um, people uh, complain about Apple's closed system, but it enables much tighter integration than you would have because Apple's got the control over it right. than you would have with other um, other systems. Although you know. There is a benefit to being open as well. So, yeah, um, yeah it, it's, you it's, know, it, that's why it's so seamless for these systems is right. that Apple's got so much control over it. Yeah, it's why you say that Apple stuff just works because yeah. it's designed to work in a very specific way. And the problem is that not necessarily a problem, but the flip side of that coin is that right. it's going to work the way they intend it to work, not necessarily the way you would like it to work. And so you may not have as much control over that, but if you like the way it works, then, you're then it fine. may not be such an yeah, issue. Exactly. Yeah. If, if you're like, this is totally the way I want it to work, well, then there's no issue, right? It's right. the people who like to hack and fiddle with things that can get a little frustrated with Apple. And it's not saying that their approach is right or wrong. It's just a specific approach. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I can see both sides of that argument. Yes, I can too. Um, one of the things that I do like, then this is not what I would consider a very glamorous feature, but I think it's really cool. Um, and it, it threatens people, not necessarily Amazon or Google with their services because, um, you know, although Google has Google Docs, um, is the, uh, what they're calling documents in the cloud on the website where, uh, there is an API or there are APIs built into iCloud where developers, and again, this was announced at WWDC, developers can embed these APIs into their software so that it will enable people who are using Apple devices to save their documents directly into the iCloud. So, um, theoretically you would be able to use third party applications and have them seamlessly access your information, you know, read to read from and store to your iCloud account, um, which would enable again more integration with multiple devices. Um, I think that's pretty cool. It does sort of uh, uh, make it more challenging for people like uh, Dropbox. Yeah. Um, I, I use I have accounts on multiple cloud storage uh, companies too, so don't. I think I, I don't mean to single them out specifically. I, I do like people like Box.net and, and SugarSync. But um, Dropbox has been really good about, in particular, about making um, their APIs available so that the, I, the um, other applications that I use can read from and store to my Dropbox. Now, the iCloud is bigger. Yeah. The amount of storage is bigger. So it, it may force Dropbox, which is a much smaller company, to... Uh, upgrade the amount of storage hopefully. it has, or you know, it, Ho- hopefully in a way that doesn't uh, compromise their password system. Right, right. That's a different story. Yes, that is a different story. But it's you know the same kind of idea where you you can use different applications from other people and you know still get access to your cloud storage seamlessly without having to worry about it. Um, they're also talking about the possibility or. They're also talking about it's not a possibility they're going to do it. Um, syncing things like your your uh, address book and your email and contacts yeah. between multiple devices, including Outlook for the PC, mm-hmm. um, which is going to be very handy for people who use uh, their mobile Apple devices on uh, for work, uh, as well as you know your personal stuff. Because then you'll have, assuming again, you'll you'll have a lot more 
information there, a lot more email, maybe multiple accounts, email sure. accounts, multiple calendars, lots and lots of contacts. Um, that would be very useful for these kinds of things. And I think that's one of those things that made people go, eh, that's not what I was really hoping for. But I think it's something that would be extremely useful for yeah. a lot of people. And um it's kind of funny. Uh, I, I read on CNET uh, an article by uh, Josh Lowenson that yeah. was uh, mm-hmm. published um, uh, just yesterday uh, when, at the time of recording this podcast anyway, that um, that there's a, an analyst, uh, Gene Munster, who believes that iCloud might be an indication that Apple is developing an Apple television, not not Apple TV, but an actual television set that incorporates Apple technology in it, kind of right. like the Google televisions that we've seen. Um, and that the iCloud would be the place where, you know, if you were to purchase television shows or movies or rent them, that they would go into your iCloud account and then you would be able to access them through something like uh, an Apple television. Yeah. And that uh, that that is something that that he expects to see incorporated in iCloud in the in the somewhat near future. It might be a year from now, but that that would be something that we would see pop up later. Yeah, it's. um. It, the Apple television itself is, has been, again, sort of like the iPad yeah. before it uh, has been rumored for, I would say, probably at least a year now. Yeah. As of, again, yeah. as of the time we've recorded this, maybe longer than that. So, um, you know, there is a possibility. Of course, they, they do have Apple TV and the iCloud will allow you to sync with an Apple TV, too. Yeah. Uh, at least on a limited basis. They mentioned it specifically with the photos, the photo stream. You should be able to pull up your photos and show them on your TV uh, if you have an Apple TV as well. So yeah. it, it seems like that that's not even remotely out of the realm of possibility. Uh, it's just whether or not they're ready to uh, gear up and launch that. Yeah, the biggest uh, the biggest question I've heard remains, will there ever be a streaming element to this so that you can access the music that is, that's in your iCloud without having to download it? So let's say you want to use your um, iPhone and you, you want to listen to the music that you have, but you don't want to to take up the memory space. Like, you know, that that would be for someone who... Let's say they want an iPhone, but they don't want to shell out the money to get the top of the line, you know, iPhone with the the most storage. They would rather go with the more basic model and then use streaming in order to access their music. Now, streaming comes with its own problems. Usually you have to have a really fast connection in order to do it. So it might have to be over Wi-Fi or it might have to be over a, some sort of 4G um, network. But uh you know there i know that there's a, there are a lot of questions about that especially people are saying well why did you buy lala if you're not using a streaming service and again we just don't know yet if icloud will ultimately uh allow for some sort of streaming element um just right now it just doesn't seem like that's the case well companies that are as big as amazon google and apple who are offering these services and similar services um you know they have an, an enormous installed customer base. Um, if it was a new, a brand new company with a growing customer base, and you could roll roll out the beta in a uh, general slower fashion mm-hmm. uh, and give you know a couple thousand people access at a time, you would be able to have a lot more control over that. Rolling out a streaming service to all the iTunes customers. You know, yeah. say just in the United States. Yeah, you just need to upgrade your iTunes to iTunes 10.3, and then you can access the iCloud stuff. Yeah, it just seems like it would be something of an enormous task. And they, they, Apple's famous for holding off until they feel they've done it right. And 
not always the case that they have, but, <laughs> yeah. but, but, you know, they would rather wait. In fact, they let, uh, you know, we knew that this something along these lines was coming and Amazon and Google both released their music services first. Right. Um, and of course they, they did so without securing agreements with all the music companies as Apple did. Right. Um, so, you know, and it remains to be seen too, whether they've, they will take offense to that. It's been rumored that they will. Um, well, and so there's, we'll there's even it. been talk about the, the 24, uh, 99 fee. Some people have called that a piracy amnesty fee. Yeah. Yeah. Because the music that you rip from your CDs, that's, that's the general idea of the iTunes match service. But we all know there are plenty of people out there who have songs that are in their iTunes library that they got through either. I mean, they ripped remote, the friend's CD. Yeah, ripping or, the friend's CD is probably the least, the, the yeah. most, the most quote unquote innocent of the little, the little, uh, piracy of attempts or they may have gone to some peer to peer network in the past and and they downloaded mm-hmm. you know albums several albums and uh and they never bought them so some people have suggested that that annual fee which uh a portion of which is going to these music labels yeah that that annual fee is actually essentially the the music labels seeing a way to finally recoup some money mm-hmm. on music that was otherwise stolen um and that that was one of the reasons why these agreements finally went through was because they were actually going to, you know, otherwise these companies are never getting money for those songs that were stolen. Right. Right. And this way they get a little money for it, which is better than no money at all. Or so I'm told. <laughs> and I mean, if you've got a hundred million people logging onto your service and even only if even only half of them use iTunes match, that's 50 million people at twenty four ninety nine a year. Um, you know, that's that that that. Totals up pretty quickly to a, a, an impressive amount. Yes, it is. I'm pretty sure it's more than seven dollars. <laughs> Might be as much as ten. Could be. Wow. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, dollars don't mean as much to me anymore. Okay. Because I just got back from Europe, and once you started making that conversion from euros to dollars in your head over and over, you're thinking, "Wow, I am so poor." <laughs> All right. This then. hot dog is costing me a fortune. All right. Yeah, it's kind of the opposite of when I went to Canada. Anyway, so let's uh, wrap this up. Uh, and that Canada joke was from many years ago, actually, because of course now the Canadian dollar and the dollar are very close. I was just going to let somebody write in and correct you, but okay. Well, no, no, no. They need to know. I went to Canada many years ago. Okay. That's, that's why I'm referencing. Anyway, so we're wrapping up this conversation and, uh, We'll keep an eye out. You know, the, the iCloud service will officially debut in the fall of 2011. So we will keep our eyes open and see what other things develop as we get closer to launch. And, uh, we'll play around with the iCloud service in the meantime and see what kind of nifty things we can do with the beta features. And, uh, then we'll probably bemoan the things that we can't do. Yep. Because we're tech people and we like to, we like to complain. Plus, um, you know, both Jonathan and I have gotten invites to be, uh, Participants in the Google Music program, yeah, which and I've, we I've, need to play with that in the Amazon. Yeah. I've uploaded, program. I've uploaded music to Google, and I also am a customer with Amazon, so I've already got that as well. Uh, but I've just barely scratched the surface because uh, I just haven't had the time to devote to really play with them. So yeah, we will, we will definitely do more compare and contrast uh, amongst them, especially once we book in that month long time span we have to upload all of our music to yeah <laughs> to Google and Amazon. That's gonna take a while. Um so 
we'll we'll talk more about this in the future. And of course, cloud service is not going away, even with all the recent stories about hacking and there's concerns about security and, and stability and privacy. Even with all of that, it's clear that cloud services are are going to be around for a while. I mean, they've got some major backing behind them, so we're not going to see them disappear overnight, yeah. probably, unless there's some sort of catastrophic failure, in which case we have other things to worry about. Well, maybe the sun will come and burn off the cloud. So anyway, uh, we're going to sign off now. If you guys have any topics you would like us to talk about, let us know on Facebook and Twitter. Our handle there is TechStuffHSW. Or you can send us an email, and that address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com. Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. We all can't help but wonder what adventure lies just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in a new 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is your always-updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Google Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUV has the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.